Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you're having a good one today. We're going to dive right in with some actual unfortunate news with some big news in the NFL today as a third civil lawsuit is being filed against Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson and after being accused of sexually assaulting a massage therapist in December of 2020. This is the third civil case filed against Watson this week. The previous two lawsuits were related to the two separate incidents during which he is accused of committing civil assault against another massage therapist. Watson responded on Twitter on Tuesday night after Busby announced the filing of the first lawsuit, saying he rejected a baseless six-figure settlement demand, and that is about clearing my name, and I look forward to doing it. Deshaun Watson, Houston-based attorney, Rusty Harden, stated, I'm really comfortable with the kind of person that Deshaun Watson is, and I don't like to publicly comment until I get all the facts. The allegations are really inconsistent with the kind of person he is. So hopefully these are all false allegations, but if they aren't, Deshaun Watson's career could be in serious jeopardy. This is a very unfortunate story. As it develops, I won't make any try and speculate anything but this is a very serious unfortunate case and hopefully Deshaun can clear his name or and or hopefully these women get justice so we'll see how this plays out as this story develops I'll keep you updated on the latest happenings of this very unfortunate news on to more fun and exciting news though with two generational veterans signing and finding new homes this offseason Starting off with the veteran wide receiver, A.J. Green, one of the most prolific players in franchise history for the Cincinnati Bengals after spending a decade there. He is agreeing to a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals worth up to $8.5 million, including $6 million guaranteed. Green will give third-year quarterback Kyler Murray another ever-downfield threat, likely on the opposite side of the field from Hopkins. He finds last season ranked in second in Bengals franchise history and career receiving yards with 9,430, second in touchdowns with 65, and second in total receptions with 649. Green also holds the team record for consecutive 100-yard receiving games in his five straight games in 2013. Green played all 16 games in 2020, but had career single-season lows of 47 catches for 523 yards only with two touchdowns. So hopefully this can be a fresh start, new beginning for A.J. Green, and an offense that could contain three Hall of Fame wide receivers shall Larry Fitzgerald return. This is a great pickup for him, for the Cardinals, and I hope this is a new beginning for A.J. Green as his illustrious career in Cincinnati comes to an end. On to another elite veteran signing who happens to be leaving the Cardinals and cornerback Patrick Peterson having agreed upon a one-year $10 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Peterson leaves Arizona as one of the best cornerbacks in franchise history with his eight straight Pro Bowls starting with his rookie year in 2011 and ending in 2019, as well as three All-Pro selections. Peterson has widely been considered one of the best corners throughout his career, known for his ability to defend the opposing offense's top receivers one-on-one on an island 
He started all 128 games in the first eight seasons of his career before his suspension. In 2020, he was named the 2010-2019 All-Decade Team by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He becomes a major asset to the Vikings secondary that featured two rookie starters last year in 2020 between Jeff Glanley, who was listed up in the slot for 529 snaps last season, and Cameron Dantzler, a third-round pick who allowed the lowest passer rating in coverage among all rookie corners in the second half of the NFL season. So two legends make their move on past their legendary past and are hoping to take new steps into their incredible future. I hope these are incredible new beginnings. I hope they can revive some of the talent that has been lost within their careers in the past few few years. And I hope this just is a new step and a great step forward to these incredible legendary future Hall of Fame veterans. As far as NBA, last night we had a battle of Eastern Conference heavyweights. And then now small ball lineup 76ers going up against Giannis in the Bucks in an intense physical game. The Bucks had won 9 of their last 10 and Giannis had had 3 straight triple doubles and they were looking to continue that trend into last night. Yet that trend was not looking too promising in the first half with the Bucks going 1 for 17 from three-point, oh my gosh, in the opening half, after missing 33 of 45 shots overall, setting for a season-low 31 first-half points, in addition to the 13 turnovers that they had, which allowed the Sixers to extend their lead to as much as 19 points by the end of the half. Boy, oh boy, it was ugly. Milwaukee then battled back, though, from a 19-point second-half deficit, battling all the way back and even taking their first lead since the early fourth quarter with a statement-making Giannis dunk and went on to take a 7-point lead with a Drew Holiday corner 3 with 52.3 seconds left in regulation. Uh, Just an incredible second-half rally comeback. However, the Sixers weren't going to give up that e- easy after they hit a pair of threes to cuff the deficit to 3-3 three, three with just three seconds to go. The Sixers then inbounded the ball and got a good look for Con- for Con Korkmaz, who hit the dagger to send this one into OT. What a shot by Korkmaz. But in OT, unfortunately, it was all Giannis for the Sixers, scoring 10 of his 32 points in the extra session, making the Sixers go struggle to lead the Bucks to the 109-105 victory, snapping the Sixers' seven-game win streak and three-game win streak without Joel Embiid. Just a great win, great battle between these incredible teams with Joel Embiid at healthy it may have turned out differently but the Sixers nearly almost won had it not been for a dominant overtime performance by Giannis he gets an incredible performance and he even sat on the logo afterwards making a statement like we're the better Eastern Conference team but we'll see once Joel Embiid is healthy again what statement is really true and who is the better Eastern Conference favorite On to another Eastern Conference showdown. We have the Nets taking on the Pacers and the first meeting between Karis LeVert and his former team. LeVert was getting redemption early, getting his teammates involved and getting some buckets to himself to take the 15-point lead at the end of the first quarter. However, then Harden and the Nets battled back, knocking down shots from outside to cut the lead to three at the half. 
The Pacers then maintained their lead throughout the third quarter until Harden tossed one up to Nicholas Clarkson for the dunk with the eight minutes remaining to take their first lead since the first quarter. Statement-making dunk, statement-making alley-oop there. What a great sequence of events right there. The Nets weren't done there, though. They went on a 13-2 run, fourth-quarter run, that would seal the deal for them, pushing them to victory. Harden had 40 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds by himself for his 11th triple-double this season, leading Brooklyn to a 124-115 dub without KD or Kyrie. Overall, this is Harden's 16th 40-point triple-double, now only trailing the triple-double GOAT in Oscar Robinson for more most 40-point triple-doubles all time. Just an incredible performance by Harden, getting the win by himself as he shows that he is just such an elite player and he knows his role when the stars are around in Katie and Kyrie and he knows his role when he has to step up like he did in Houston and just knock down great shots. So great win for the Nets, incredible performance by Harden, just continuing to prove himself as one of the greatest scorers of all time. As far as local sports tonight, we will have the Flomath Warriors take on the Amity Warriors in a Thursday night showdown. Both teams are undefeated with solid athletes, so it's going to be a battle out there on Clemens Field. Flomath really needs to hold the fast-paced Amity offense down and shut down their options, forcing them to be very uncomfortable. But we'll see if they can accomplish that, and we'll see if Amity gets through this elite Flumeth defense because they are the Flumeth defense is something to watch. They will shut it down as soon as they can. So you can make sure to tune into this one at seven o'clock at Clemens Field, or if you cannot attend, you can stream it on NFHS. Also tomorrow we will have the opening round of the NCAA tournament, where the Bees will take on Tennessee. The Pac-12 champs look to take down a solid big man lineup in Tennessee in hopes of advancing to the round of the 32 for the first time since 1982. So hopefully both the Warriors and the Beavs can get the win, and I will be right there to give you my report afterwards on both the good and the bad news. Hopefully there's no bad news. We hope it's all good. I believe that the Beavs can totally take down Tennessee. They are legitimate. Feeding off of their momentum from the Pac-12 tournament. And Tennessee, although they are a great SEC team who lost to a team like Alabama, I truly believe that the Bees will, can make a good run at it. But And for the Warriors, I truly believe the Flomath defense is so strong and so physical that they can force some turnovers on this elite Amity offense, force some confusion, and try and get the dub in a close-fought victory. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed the take on the local sports. Hope you enjoyed all the national sports. Not so much the Deshaun Watson piece, but the incredible free agency news and the wild NBA action in the Eastern Conference. Hope you enjoyed all that. You can catch me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Hope you have a great one. Subscribe, like the button, and I will see you all in the next one.